why does comedy matter? We discuss this and more with special guest Bob Smiley on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for you to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, comedy genius in my own mind. And with me, as always, is my frustratingly funny co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and someone who's always fantasized about being a stand-up comic, but has never been brave enough to do it. So instead, I took an improv class. (laughs) There There you go. Well, And with us today is a very special guest. He is an author and comedian who's been doing stand-up for over 20 years all over the United States and Arkansas. It's pronounced Arkansas, you idiot! He has written three books for Focus on the Family under the series he created called The Adventures of Average Boy. The books, as well as the Average Boy podcast, is aimed at making kids laugh while encouraging them to be, as he puts it, the best God created them to be. He also tells us he is very good at mowing and has a massive massive hotel shampoo collection. (laughs) He is the brain, the bowl, the bombastic Bob Smiley. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Our producer is going to put in a cheering track right here. Yay. Yeah. I was... (laughs) I heard your guys' titles, and I was like, do I need to bring titles? But you kind of took care of that, so I, I appreciate that. It, it actually sounds like I do a lot. We, uh, My brother and I, we, we grew up in a very small town, uh, country town in Texas, and we had a mowing company. We called it Smiley Brothers Mowing Company, and our motto was, we give you mower for your money. Like, it was a terrible oh, no. motto. Oh, no. But yeah. you remember it. But I remember it. it yeah, was, yeah. True. we mowed. Every widow that had a farm thought that was the cutest thing, and so we mowed everybody's. <laughs> place and yeah it was great so yeah that's basically mowing and comedy are my only two things that that i'm good at you made too much money mowing so you decided you need some humility to win the comedy editor's note so what you're saying is mow money mow problems thank you thank you i'll be here all week (sighs) yeah i actually yes i made so much money and during the quarantine (laughs) When all my comedy shows canceled, I was like, man, it's time to dust off the golden weed eater and uh, get back to (laughs) to what God called me to truly do. It's true. I love it. Oh, man. Straight edge. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fantastic. I, you know, it's two things that don't, wouldn't think go together, but you put, found a way to make them go together perfectly. That's comedy right there. Yeah. All right. Well, so today we are going to be discussing why comedy matters. If you like this episode, then you can uh, ask for Bob Smiley back and we'll talk about mowing and why that matters. Yeah. <laughs> why mowing matters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This will be a pregame warm up. Uh, we'll talk about the boring <laughs> stuff like comedy and a career and stuff, but we'll get to mowing. The real exciting <laughs> stuff that everyone wants. Good TV yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to see more from us and engage more with fellow overthinkers, where should they go? They can go to theoverthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and send all of their love and hate mail and ideas for future episodes. They can also go to our online community on Facebook where we have almost 9,000 members having fun, posting memes, thinking deeply, and getting into great discussions. 
Uh, you can also, if you enjoy the show, it really does help us if you leave us a review or share with a friend. And I'm going to do a quick plug right now for a, a project we have coming out next year. So if you're listening to this uh, next year, we have a mm, book yes. coming out called The Joy of Overthinking. It's the first of a series of journals that we're doing about different subjects. And this very first one is going to be about thinking deeply and having fun, kind of what we do here. We're going to have interviews. We're going to have articles. We're going to have quotes. We're going to have jokes. We're going to have tips, tons of fun stuff. And we're going to have an interview with our guest here, Bob Smiley. And it's all about uh, the, the intersection of thinking deeply and joy and fun and comedy, which we think are both incredibly important and needed things now. So there's a little plug. So keep your eyes out for the joy of thinking next year, which is if you're listening to this, this is 2023. Uh, so that's all. <laughs> Joseph, back to you. Cool. All right. Everybody ready for the discussion? Let's I'm going to jump in really quick. So you guys actually get, uh, you guys see your hate mail. And is that why he oh, got yeah. that fi filing cabinet in the back? Yes, that's all my hold all that. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering, why does he need a big filing cabinet? And you said, uh, we accept all our hate mail. So that's yep. that keep sense. it in there. Yeah. For <laughs> it's all, the people who think, yeah. all the people who think that we're wrong. And then we, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, 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 it's a few, it's a few people. And, yeah, and here and there, yeah. Uh, we read it. We read all of them, and and we 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 incorporate that into uh, take that take that deeply. Yes, we yeah. actually do though. <laughs> yes, well, actually, yes. You, yeah, comics. We always have this conversation of whether or not to read our comments uh, section under the YouTube videos or TikTok or whatever. And like for the longest time, I did not read the comments. I like I even had to block my dad, um, just you know, so I wouldn't be. <laughs> And I remember the uh, my dry bar, the first dry bar special that I had come out. It actually came out in March 2020 when everybody was quarantined. And I thought, oh, this will this will be good because people are stuck at home and they need to laugh. You know, maybe. The, and I could. So I was like, I'm going to read the comments. And the first comment nope. that popped up, it just said, I thought Robin Williams was dead. <laughs> and oh, no. I thought you were dead. I was. That's but, I was like, but, but that's a compliment though because yeah, that, that is true funny. that is true he's hilarious and i wish my bank account looked like his um yeah. so <laughs> but i like i was like okay well that's the first comment but maybe somebody will comment about the you know comedy or or something so i was you know i was still watching the video but i was shaving my arms uh, to look less like robin williams and then the next four was all about one guy said no he looks like robin williams grew up near a nuclear plant um there was all this stuff one guy said uh he doesn't look like robin williams he looks like conan o'brien and the guy from whose line is it anyway oh. it looks like they had a baby and <laughs> couldn't afford to feed the baby and I was the like, internet is brutal. If I you want like, to hum be humble, just put some, anything of yourself on the internet. First rule of the internet, do not read the comments. Yeah, it was all about that. So one guy said I look like Robert England before the burn, which <laughs> if you don't know Robert England, he's Freddy Krueger. And, yep. and I didn't help myself because I immediately wrote back to him. I was like, I will haunt you in your dreams. And then I signed it Nanu Nanu. So See, I didn't, you're leaning into the curve. That's good. I was getting into it. I was getting into it. So yeah, comments you know can, what? can help. Just you, giving, you're just giving you material. It's yeah. just, you know, <laughs> don't strike me down. You'll make me more powerful than yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> That's um, right. So anyway, all right. So people clearly love to laugh. Hmm. People have always loved to laugh. The Greeks had Aristophanes, medieval kings had jesters, Shakespeare had his comedies. And the influence of comedy today is not slowed down. Today, many comedians are held up as heroes by their fans and some of the last people to tell the truth in society, such as Richard Pryor in the 80s confronting America with racism, or comedians like Joe Rogan having the number one cultural commentary podcast in the world. 
Yeah, as BBC piece, How Humor Makes Us Better points out, nobody really knows why we love to laugh so much. And people have begun to re have only begun, barely begun to research the topic in a serious way in the scientific community. Thomas Hobbes, the philosopher, thought humor was a psychological way of asserting power and dominance over others. Scott Weems, a cognitive neuroscientist and author of the book, Ha, the Science of When We Laugh and Why, believes we laugh as a coping mechanism for the miseries and contradictions of life. Abner Ziv, author of Personality and Sense of Humor, believes that comedy was important because it can be used to change people's minds on topics, because comedians can make people happy hearing things they otherwise make them angry. As cop turned comedian Alfie Moore points out, if they're laughing, they're listening. And yet, that only works because people actually enjoy comedy already. So it still doesn't really capture why humans get so much joy and laugh from laughing, and therefore what its purpose, larger purpose, in our lives is. So, Bob Smiley, what first? Okay. Truth? Yeah, exactly. You, you guys, science you guys, you guys need a hobby, okay? You, you go. This is our hobby. We're two white guys. We do a podcast. I'm so sorry that you have nothing more important to do in life. Take up, take up mowing, okay? At least do something. We're no that good with is, manual labor. That is so in depth. Hey, all that's true, though. All that, as you were like saying all that stuff, that's true. Uh, laughter makes people, if you, because laughter is a gift. If you can give them a gift, it's something they don't have, and you give them laughter, um, it is it is a true gift, and they'll lower their walls and they'll listen to you more. You give people the greatest gift that can ever be given. Children? Uh, no, uh, the other gift. Ice cream? No, no, uh, after that. Laughter? Yes, the third greatest gift ever. So that's why that's why pastors use uh, you know preacher jokes, and you know that's why a speaker normally likes to open it with a, a joke or something because it it actually disarms people. If they're laughing, then they're gonna they're gonna feel a little more comfortable in their skin, and they're going to listen to you a little bit more. Laughter also releases these endorphins in our body. Yep. So it really is like a drug. I do a joke on stage where I say, I read, and I, this is true. I read in a medical journal. Um, are you getting another phone call? Is that what no, you're doing? He, no, he, we live in New York city. So we get drive by uh, cars all the time. Okay. I was like, are you trying to get another guy on the podcast? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, you were okay, but you know, it's getting yeah. boring. Yeah. So Hello, Tim else. Hawkins. Tim <laughs> Hawkins, can you please? <laughs> Come I just on. don't want you to be drowned out. I live in Washington Heights. I didn't want you to get drowned out by the music. Yeah. <laughs> so where where are you in New? You're in New York. Yes, Washington Heights, New York oh, City. Nice. You gotta yeah. get up here, get to one of the clubs, man. Be fun. I was I was up there about six months ago. They took me around and showed me how to draw a chalk outline of a body. It was a lot of fun. Like we did a lot of good stuff up there. Um, but yeah, so the the joke I I read that laughter is ten times more powerful than morphine. And so I say that on stage and people, you know, some people applaud, some people will nod, but, you know, mostly people just, and so I just like, okay, a couple of you guys agree with me. The rest of you are looking at me like, we like morphine, you know, and, <laughs> and so, so the joke I tell is I say, you know, it, we need morphine. I'm not saying we don't need drugs, but laughter is powerful. Like if I break my leg in half, I don't want my doctor standing over me going, knock, knock, you know, now you say, who's there, but it is absolutely true. Laughter. Mm is is kind of powerful and it's a it's a free gift if you're open to accepting it so it, it mm, definitely yeah. it has some healing power it can release you from whatever depression you're in at the moment you know it's it's a temporary release of what's going on in life man that's that's mm. good and you brought up like 
you, you call us uh, well-prepared and deep. Man, that's a lot yeah. of good stuff in there. I want to I want to focus real quick on one of the first things you said, which is laughter brings down walls. Now, we've all heard this, right? Laughter yeah. brings down walls. But I think there's something really important in that statement and in that truth that it does. And, you know, we talk about this often, how we live in this age in which it's a, a lot of tribalism, a lot of division, a lot of anger, a lot of hate. And, you know, a, an easy way to say this is that it's... Um, it, it, it creates walls, it creates barriers between our common humanity. Mm. And so you have, I think you see a lot of people hating other groups, well, it's their fault, it's their, and I think this is having a detrimental effect on society at whole, that everyone's angry all the time, everyone's divided. And it seems to me that uh, comment sections and news aren't actually helping that, they're mm. actually hurting that. And so to me, it's kind of funny, this might be a little hyperbolic, but one of my last great hopes for society and the world on a whole is comedy is laughter. And as we you know, we're talking about this today the, in the episode about why does comedy matter? And I think a lot of times people kind of dismiss comedy. Oh, it's, you know, that's off to the side. They're just going to tell their jokes. We're going to focus on the important stuff, whether it's activism or, or studying or, or academics or whatever it might be. And to me, as I look at the effectiveness of all these things, of course, they have their place, but I see that comedy should be considered as one of the most important things because of exactly what you said, it brings down walls. And I think there's one thing that Joseph and I have talked about often that causes us to learn, that causes connection, that causes healing, as you say. It's allowing some of those walls to be brought down so you can learn, so you can connect. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that I think was designed in our head by God, right? That we were meant to laugh and that laugh, when you have an argument, you know, I, I'm married, I have an argument with my wife. One of the best ways to fix that argument is, you know, of course, hear each other out, talk to each other but sometimes crack a joke and all of a sudden you'll realize all those things you were angry about, they kind of fall and you find yourselves laughing together and you find this connection again. Mm -hmm. And what I really love to see and want to see more of is people being able to laugh at our common human experience because I think it's a really beautiful thing. And I think that is one of the first reasons I would say comedy mm -hmm. matters so much is it because it does bring down those walls, like you say. And when those walls are brought down, you can actually connect with the common human next to you. And I think that will start to create a better society, better world. And I think that's why God invented this reaction to comedy. And I don't think it's unimportant. I don't think it's off to the side. I think this should be front and center of what we're trying to build into and do. Yeah, it also puts things in perspective. Um, mm. If you can stop and laugh for a second, you like it. My wife and I, we had a, a silly fight. Um, I was I was actually on the bed playing solitaire uh, with cards <laughs> and she came in and she had uh, fresh sheets for the bed and was going to change the sheets. And I, I jokingly said, uh, okay, you're supposed to knock on the door and say housekeeping uh, first, you know, as a joke. And I found out that- uh, Did she, she think it was a joke? <laughs> she, she's not a fan of hotel uh, comedy, evidently. Okay. So so she, she got mad and I could tell she was a little mad and I was like, I'm sorry. She actually made a, a great joke. Uh, she, she was like, if you don't get off the bed, uh, you're gonna get really good at solitary. And, um, <laughs> and so I could, tell, I could tell she was a little miffed. And so she started playing songs on Alexa. And she was like, play, these boots are made for walking. And I was like, hang on. And so I changed it to uh, uh, Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down. And then, <laughs> and then it was on and we were Alexa fighting the whole time. And she had a right because I, I was being snarky. I should have just gotten off the bed, but uh, she and helped her put the sheets on like a good husband and stuff. But there was a little tension. And then because of mm. laughter, we kind of put everything in perspective and we just sat there like, Alexa fighting 
with our, you know, songs that we could think of, you know, under my thumb and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I, it, it allevi alleviated, you know, just a little tense. And that's such a small little slight example. There, there's some really heavy stuff mm. where we need laughter and just to alleviate the moment and kind of put it in perspective. And I think, again, that it comes back to it is a powerful tool that God has given us. And with as Amen. much anger that is like building up in society and uh, the splitting of everything, political and lifestyles and all this stuff. People are getting so like tense that they need this release. They need that. And I think a great way is to just sit and laugh for a while. Come on, laugh. <laughs> well, that's that's really fascinating to me. You said a lot of interesting things. And one of the things I think is, you know, we've talked about on the show about the fact that, you know, anger but also anxiety and depression like are rising in society mm -hmm. exponentially and this is something like nobody knows quite what to do about um and you know again the news just makes it worse like social media just makes it worse and i think this is one of the reasons why comedians are kind of being are, are sort of becoming like new heroes kind of in society because again it things are getting so tense we can't actually talk about the things that matter but mm -hmm. what, one of the amazing things about comedy to me is that it can make me happy while I'm hearing truths I don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it's like, and there's nothing else that really can do that. Like, again, if you're telling me something I don't want to hear, that makes me unhappy. The news makes me unhappy when it's challenging my points of views. The, you know, social media and people talking are making me unhappy when it's challenging my point of views. But comedy is the one thing that can actually make me happy while I'm hearing something I don't want to hear. And that's, <clears throat> That's something that's always fascinated me and is a heroic then thing to do because then I will actually listen to that. Um, and the other thing I found, I mean, again, one of the examples I, I remember <clears throat> thinking about when I started thinking about this was, and this is going to expose my nerdiness, uh, which which was a really good secret up until now. Yeah, yeah you hide it so well, Joseph. <laughs> yeah. No one knew. Don't tell him. He might crack. But like, but I remember when I, you know, back when, when the Avengers movie came out, like I was probably like, it was the movie I was most obsessed with for, 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 for like a few years there, because it was the first one actually like to me captured how amazing superheroes were and in a pure comic book fashion. And I think going to see the Avengers when I was, uh, you know, on opening night with all the fans, it was probably, I thought it was one of the closest experiences other than church I've had to church. Um, but then there's a little internet show called Honest Trailers that, you know, that, uh, that did a, a little, did a, an Honest Trailer about the, which, uh, you know, if people don't know, it's like a parody site that does trailers, like what if trailers for movies were honest? And so it said, you know, a movie that about Avengers, a movie that is so awesome, it will blind its fans to any legitimate criticism. And <laughs> I remember listening to that and I was saying, oh, in a weird way, I'm, I'm letting my love for this movie make me see it less clearly. And mm. I realized that as a Christian, we talk about the problem of we can love things God created too much, so much that we actually put it too high up. You know, Augustine would say disordering our loves or other people would say putting it in the place of God. We're putting it too much. Mm. But comedy can actually has this element of saying, no, you can't put this in the place of God. This actually mm. is absurd in a kind of way, in a mm -hmm. way that you shouldn't love it too much. And yet, even though I want to love it, it can make me love it less, love the thing less in its right place, and yet still make me happy doing it. 
And so that's one of the things, the holy things that I think comedy does is it can make us happy loving something less in an age where we're, we are making things we're making, you know, we were talking about patriotism, you know, it's like, we make our country too big. We make our identities too big. Like we make these things so important to us and comedy can help say, no, you, you should love that less because you're making that too important. You can yeah. poke at things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a friend of mine that's a comedian, John Christ, uh, and I just had this conversation about because I perform a lot in churches and I'll get to a church and I can tell pretty quickly if their pastor is the Messiah in their mind <laughs> or if they truly are, you know, it's sold out for Christ. And it it's, becomes very clear, very fast. And so we have that dilemma of, so when I get on stage, am I going to poke fun at the pastor? And a lot of pastors love it because they're like, it's not about me. It's not about, you know, my mm -hmm. image or any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's free game. Uh, but there's some churches I'll get into and they'll say up front, do not make fun of the pastor. Wow. Um, you know, you cannot. And I'm like, that's where I have that dilemma, you know, like, yeah. Do I get up there? Because I do think we have a tendency of being fierce and loyal to stuff without getting yeah. zooming back and having that big perspective of what is, you know, what is really important in life, what is going on. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's a huge danger. And I also think, man, I'm getting on a soapbox here, but I think the I think the quarantine. How dare you talk as a guest on a podcast? <laughs> yes. Well, when yeah, when Joseph was asking me one of the questions, I didn't think I'd get a chance uh, at the end uh, there. But um, you know, tighten it down a little. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even know you well enough to make fun of you like that. But um, go the, for it. We're fair the, game. Yeah. The other thing yes, you do. <laughs> I think people were stuck at home. I think that's mm. why we're seeing a lot of uh, mental problems and oh, yeah. depression mm. and all that, because people are, we're isolated. And I, I honestly believe that God has built us for community. And yes. so I think these people were isolated. They also were stuck with their thoughts. So they, they got into this mentality and you see this on Facebook and Instagram and all that of not only do they have their opinion, but they think their opinion is absolute concrete truth and nobody else should challenge it because that's their opinion. And so that's why people are getting offended so quickly now. And, you know, there's, there's not this open, like, Hey, let's have a discussion. It's you need to listen to me so I can make you think the way that I think. And yeah. that's so harmful Yes, in that. And it goes both ways. And, and as you both have pointed out, that's one of the things that comedy kind of does. Like I I've been in arguments before I get in political arguments and religious arguments, all these kind of things. But as I look back over, you know, I, I, I'm old now in my 30s, and I'm looking back when I was a young man in my teens and early 20s, and I had all these concrete ideas about what the world was. And the thing is, when an argument would come up, I would easily out-argue. I'm good at arguing. I could, I could read and find arguments, and I wasn't going to change. Even if I was proven wrong, I'm not going to change my opinion. But when very often, maybe it's just me, but I think this is more universal than, than just me, very often, the thing that would open my eyes to a new point of view, to something I had never thought about before, was, was comedy, was joking, was because it has this way of getting in there and showing kind of the absurdity of something without being mean or harsh or mm -hmm. angry. And you can kind of start laughing at things. And so comedy is this really unique and beautiful, has this really unique and beautiful way of revealing truth in a way that you can actually digest it. Um, you, you know, it, which I think is just so valuable now because we get so concrete, like you were saying, Bob, in our beliefs and we're just not going to change. And when you get into an argument, it almost solidifies each side even more, right? I've, I don't mm -hmm. think I've ever seen 
a, a comment uh, war in which one of the sides was like, you know what? That's a good Wikipedia article. You're right. <laughs> you I make totally a good point. It now. Yeah. yeah. But I tell you, I have changed my mind when I've heard comics or even just funny people talk about things in a way where I'm smiling, laughing, and I suddenly go, hmm, that's interesting. Never thought about that. And I, it's a little ineffable. I don't know quite how to articulate why it happens or, or what it is, but something within my psyche, and I think the psyche is a lot of us, comedy allows us to be open-minded and accept new information that mm -hmm. we can uh, we can put inside. Because I think comedy, like you said, it lets walls down. And another way to say that it opens our minds, it, it opens our hearts, our bodies. You know, you when you laugh, you open yourself. And I think when you open yourself, you can allow in new ideas in a way that um, you don't have to cross your arms. You don't have to cross the arms of yeah. your mind. And you can investigate and engage with something in a way that isn't threatening to your identity. Does it make sense? Yeah, I think it disarms you. I think everybody is walking around with a mental shield. Mm. And if you laugh, you put the shield down for a second and you're just enjoying yourself. And then that leaves you open for discussion. You know, I was one of the best discussions I had happened uh, about three weeks ago. I was on stage and I'm, I'm doing this bit about all the different uh, presidential airports, like what the airports would be like. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, next week I'm flying out of Trump's airport and I'm really nervous about getting over that wall. And, um, <laughs> no. you know, just stuff like that. And, and I'm doing both sides, like both course, sides. Yeah. And and so I said um, and I was like trying to think of what Biden's airport would be like. And so I said. <laughs> I said, uh, Biden's airport, you buy you buy your ticket and then you mail it in, but then they write somebody else's name on it. And, <laughs> and it got a huge laugh. And then as the crowd was dying down, I said, guys, I'm just kidding. You obviously don't pay for your ticket. Your grandkids will. And so that so this guy came up after the show and he was like, I got to tell you, I'm I am a huge Biden supporter. Um, but that bit was really funny. And mm. I was like, tell me why you're a Biden, um, you know, supporter. And, um, you know, I, I said, you know, cause it's being president, you know, not as easy as riding a bike. And I, <laughs> he, he didn't <laughs> like that one um, <laughs> because that had just happened. He had just followed, oh, the yeah. bike. but, but, um, but we had this honest, open discussion where he told me, and then he started telling me the, the things that were bad also so he wasn't this blind following yeah. like and we got into this open discussion and some other people joined in and it was all very civil mm. and we were even cracking jokes on both sides and stuff like that but it was a very civil conversation where i left knowing a little bit more why people follow the biden administration and what they like about it and what they don't like about it like I learned things that and, and policies and stuff that I didn't even know. And I'm I'm pretty into politics, but there were things that I didn't know was going on and, and happening. Because of a joke. You guys because of a connect joke. and open each other's minds. Well, yeah. So, I, I, this is one thing. I mean, I mean, this is let me throw this out there to you guys, see what you think. This is interesting um, because we talked a lot about you know, we, and we did a, a thing, an episode on, you know, in a when is overthinking bad for you or when it could be good for you. And one of the things we discussed on there is that you know people are afraid that if they think too much about things it's going to make them unhappy because they think that you know if the world is maybe a dark and scary place in many ways it, it is but they're afraid if they change their mind about something it's going to make mm. their lives worse and the world worse and it's going to make them unhappy or they're going to get um, kicked out of their tribe or exactly, they it's going to have make, a place or an understand yeah exactly it's going to make them miserable in some way if they change their mind on an issue so of course like you say their defenses are up 
than putting the rules up because it's a threat to me to change my mind. But when you do a comedy, what you're doing is you're actually crafting a vision for a life for them that if I change my mind in this way, maybe mm. I won't be unhappy because I'm being made happy right now um, with this other point of view. And so yeah. maybe if I actually change my view, I, I will be happy. I will, it will be something that I will actually find joy in. And of course, because I'm becoming bonded in this community, because we're sharing this laughter together, this joy together. And actually there's in a sense, a new community that I'm entering where this other point of view is valid. So I'm thinking like that might be something to do with why it's actually safer once we take a joke that um, we can actually uh, possibly have our minds changed. I think, I think there's something to that. And I think there's something to your story, Bob. It's you establish a connection of friendship and I like you regardless of what you believe mm. or what you think. You know, a, a few weeks ago, we had on an, an atheist from Lithuania. And, um, but the reason we had him on is because he's shown himself to have fun and like us, even though we're Christians and we like him, even though he's an atheist, because the, the foundation we stand upon is we both like thinking deeply. We both like reading books and laughing at stuff. And so we believe totally different things. And we, but because we have a foundation of, I like you, uh, I have fun with you. We were able to come in. One of the purposes of the episode was to say, Hey, Christians, atheists aren't all scary. They can laugh and, and stuff too. And literally through the entire episode, one of the ways that we laughed and had fun, we made fun of each other. He called us crazy, believing, you know, believing in big daddy in the sky. And we called him a, you know, a, a crazy, you know, atheist who believe, you know, whatever. But it's fun because there's that, found, that, that foundation. And I think we both walked out of that conversation having learned more. And I think when you have humor, when you have jokes, when you have comedy, it's a way that you can establish when you're laughing together, like you said, humans are built for community. When you're laughing together at things, it's a communal experience and you can do this thing together. And so you have this foundation of we're connected on our human level that we love to laugh, we love to think and those kind of things. So it actually enables you to go deeper and explore bigger issues with people with whom you might disagree. Uh, Bob, you were telling a story before we started recording about, hmm. you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of division between Christianity and the LGBTQ community. And you were telling a story that happened in one of your shows. Would you mind sharing that story kind of just to give us a picture of how laughter can actually connect people you would think wouldn't be able to connect? So I was doing a show in a theater. It was a ticketed event, but I bill myself as a Christian comedian because one, I want people to know my show is going to be clean. It's going to be clean. You can bring yeah, yeah. your kids, bring your family, and we're all going to laugh at stuff. Um, also, I, I really am a Christian. Now, I'm not going to be like, you know, up there telling jokes of like, instead of two guys walking to a bar, it's not going to be like two disciples walking to a, you know, <laughs> yeah. a grape juice hut or whatever, yeah. you know, however you change it. it it's like not going to be like it. But I like, yeah, now I'm thinking that might be a good set. That's not bad, yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. Um, but I, so I'm billed as a Christian comedian because I want people to know it is going to be clean. It's in, and a lot of my stories are about uh, growing up in the church or having Christian parents or, you know, stuff like that. And so I was playing this theater and there was a lesbian couple that saw Christian comedian Bob Smiley coming, you know, to town. And so they contacted the theater and they were like, we are going, we are going to show up. And if he says anything derogatory against our community or anything, uh, prepare, we are going to stand up and we are going to uh, make a stink and, you know, all this. And so they warned me and I was like, okay. And they were like, so I don't know if you need to change anything. And I was like, no, because my, my show is for everybody. Like I'm mm. not purposely writing, like, I'm going to see how many, 
you know, like gays and lesbians, I can get to walk out of my show with this bit, you know, <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, did they hear my Chuck E. Cheese bit, you know, yeah. like I'm going to get them. <laughs> and, and so they, and they came in and they were, it was obvious uh, who they were. They came in, they weren't talking to anybody else. I'm backstage, but I like to watch the crowd come in. So I can kind of read the crowd before I even get Picking on stage. Through the curtain. Yep. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll mill around just in Fake the back. mustache kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I I have a mustache. I, I look like my aunt Debbie, and uh, so I'm like wandering around, and I'll listen. And so I could tell, like they came, they sat front row in this theater, held about 800 people. So that I mean, right they were ready, front, and they sat with their arms folded, and they were just ready, and they just like stared at me. And about four four and a half minutes in, one of them laughed. And then uh, I did my next joke and they looked at each other and laughed. And then mm. they just laughed through the whole thing. And Beautiful. after the show, they came up to me and they were like, uh, we, we want to tell you, we really enjoyed your show. We honestly did not expect to laugh at clean. They, they, they said what a lot of people say. They like, we thought, you know, comedy has to be dirty, but mm. we really liked the like show. Cause we were laughing at stuff and it was clean, but we also, um, you know, we're a lesbian couple and we called ahead and I was like, Oh yeah, I, I, they warned me. And they said, we just want to apologize mm. because we came here thinking we were going to have, you know, a big, you know, brouhaha, but, uh, you know, so we're sorry if we caused you any problems beforehand or anxiety or anything. And it was, it was great. And again, it's beautiful. You're looking at a comic, and this two, this couple, and we both are standing there with our shields down, and we're just talking. So mm. we were we were disarmed. There was no, you know, well, let's go to Leviticus and see what it says. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> see that that's amazing, and I, this story is really beautiful. I'm so glad you told it to me because this is a little bit of an admonishment I want to give to Christians out there. We did an episode um, uh, last year uh, with one of with a comic that Joseph grew up with. Joseph, the comic. Thor Ramsey. Thor yeah. Ramsey. And the, the title was, Why Aren't Christians Funny? And I would say, uh, obviously, because this is a community that we're in, so we want to talk to them. But I think a lot of people aren't funny anymore because they... And is that why you had Thor on? So you'd have an example? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh we got to get a oh. response now. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to reach out to Thor to respond. Yeah, we'll send him this episode, that clip. Yeah, we we Thor and I just wrote a movie script uh, together. Oh, cool. And so, no, not it's not going to get pitched now. Oh. <laughs> He's not going to. Yeah, we got a beef. The beef started here, everybody. Yeah. You can watch yeah. it unfold. We'll have Thor back on to, you know, yeah. say some mean things up Bob. But yeah. I, I love this story because I think it perfectly exemplifies how I think Jesus has asked us to be. And um, but yeah, so a gentle admonishment towards Christians is we can get just as caught up in the we're right, where it's us versus them, they're wrong, they're the bad guys, we're the good guys, don't talk to them, don't hang out with them. Um, if we even give an inch of friendship or then you know we're letting go on our values and stuff. Listen, I'm a man of values, I'm a man of faith, I'm open about that, I believe in things. But here's the thing, I think any beautiful thing that you want someone to be part of, it has to be invitational. 
Mm-hmm. And I think what comedy, and that's what Jesus was, he, everything he did was inviting people into the kingdom of God, inviting people into something beautiful. It wasn't this angry war. I'm not saying he didn't stand up to the Pharisees, but I am saying much of his behavior was invitation. You even see Jesus utilizing comedy. Now, a lot of people don't agree with me, but I think if you actually put some inflection on some of those things he says to the Pharisees, to other people, you got some sarcastic, good one-liners. In fact, one of the reasons I wanted to be a Christian when I was a kid is I was, you know, in Sunday school, looking at what Jesus was saying, especially to the Pharisees, I'm going, this guy has some great one-liners. He just knows how to deliver them. And I'm going, but he also did, he would even say, and they walked out of there not knowing what to say after interacting mm-hmm. with Jesus, because his, his quote comedy, his, his words, his cleverness, his thoughtfulness, it, 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 it left them speechless, right? It, it, it kind of wiped out their defenses. It took down their walls. And I think that's what it can do it puts life in perspective. We talked about this a little yeah. bit, but I, the last kind of thing I want to talk about here is comedy can put life into perspective and remind us that we're all experiencing this human experience. Yeah. And I think this is exactly what your story did. Everyone, you, you see these videos, right, of people uh, protesting, screaming each other on the streets, and you see it online, you see it in, in friendships, you see families being torn apart. And I always think when I'm watching these two people on any issue yelling at each other in the street, you know, at the end of the day, they go home and are frustrated at paying taxes or their husband leaves, you know, their socks on the floor or they have to go on a flight and there's not enough leg room. And comedy reminds us of all these universal things that we experience. And it kind of goes, yes, we believe different things. There are different tribes, all this. There are things worth standing up for and talking about, of course, but at the end of the day, we all experience this life. And that's a really wonderful place to start because you can connect on all of those things and say, we share this experience of life together. And we're all trying to figure out what it is. But comedy brings us back to these, you know, we, we think of, okay, an airplane joke, that's not very important, but it is because we all ride airplanes and we all can know what that feels like. I don't care if you're liberal, conservative, atheist, or Christian, you know what it's like to eat airplane food. And I think that's kind of a beautiful thing. Comedy pulls us back out of our tribes and says, here's some commonalities that we all face. We are all human on this journey. And I think that's a really beautiful thing for now. And I think that's, that's something that comedy almost exclusively can do. So, yeah, it takes away and it takes away the anger, which brings the intensity level down. You know, that couple yeah. that was at my show, we were laughing and discuss, mm. and, and we did discuss like our different belief systems, but in a very disarmed way of, because I mean, they know, they know what the Bible says. I've, I've never met a, you know, gay or lesbian couple that didn't know, hadn't heard scripture. Heard and, yeah. and so, they, so we were actually just discussing the difference. And I, and I was interested in, uh, how they had been persecuted and how they, mm. you know, like some of the hate that, because I'm, I am very, very anti don't hate on people, you know, love yeah. on G one, one of the shirts that I sell at my shows and uh, on my website is it's got a drawing of Jesus. And it just says, I never said that because he- <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Oh man. I kind of want that gosh. It, yeah. Well, available bobsmiley.com. Um, but one. yeah, sold Joseph, one. do the right yeah, thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I talk about that and I got the idea because my neighbor came up to me one day during the quarantine and he is an atheist. Uh, he uh, votes differently politically and we love talking to each other because mm. we love just, uh, you know, yin and yang back and forth of thoughts. Like yeah. it's just a great. And uh, he came up to me one time and he goes, yeah, it's, you know, it's like Jesus said, and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And I was like, <laughs> what did he say? And he goes, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> oh, no. 
And I was like, uh, is that in first or second Spider-Man? Uh, I'm having a hard time finding that. But it gave me the idea of like, Jesus gets misquoted so much mm. all the time. And so I made that shirt. And the, you know, the thing is, is like, what did he talk about? He talked a lot about love. Now, he still holds people accountable. He's still, yeah. you know, there's right and wrong. Of but course. We do it all in love. When when the couple left, we were laughing and and you know we really did spend some time talking. And when they left, I would not have said this if we wouldn't have had that connection. But I was like, all right, you two, you know, enjoy hell, and <laughs> and and oh because we were gosh. talking about all the persecution stuff, yeah, you know, all the course. mean things that have been said. And one of them turned around and was like, "You be sure and come up and say hi," you know, which was a perfect. <laughs> It was the perfect tagline. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Like that's... we're all we're all sinners. We're all trying to find our way. We're all trying to, you know. And it was just, it was great. And it was, it was it, like you said, comedy created that opportunity mm, to, that's you beautiful. know, well, to have a discussion. And what I think, you know, one of the things that people are afraid of, you know, and this is, and I see that they sort of from both ends, where people are afraid that if it's if if it's comedy, and if you you get people to be laughing together somehow they're not taking serious things seriously mm, and so then true. i well yeah i mean it's not true it's obviously not true but then this is the other thing that happens is i often see comedians because they say okay my job is to change people's hearts and minds mm. they make the comedy not funny anymore because they are actually more concerned with actually the changing of people than the actual comedy Themselves. And connecting with people, yeah. And I think I think that people, and, and that often gets problem is that people are like, okay, there's some for some reason people don't believe that the actual bringing people together to enjoy something together really um, has that kind of transformative power, despite all the evidence that there is to the contrary. So again, I would just say to people, it's like this is a beautiful, holy thing. If you can just actually give people joy that they can share together, that is a beautiful and holy thing that is um that that is redemptive of the world even if the person at the end of it doesn't vote the same way you do it doesn't become you know join your join your faith you have actually done something holy to restore the world to the way that god has actually intended it to be uh, and the way connected and whole and beautiful yeah. and laughter and yeah this is the last thing i'll say before we jump into blesses um and curses but comedy is you know it's all you know they say it's all about timing and delivery one of the things I see about Christians isn't, you know, I'm not worried about Christians having, um, uh, standing up for what they believe. I'm worried about the methodology by which they go about sharing that. And I think comedy is such a beautiful way to share what you believe. And I'd say this for anyone else. If you have things you believe in, even not my things, politically, whatever, I'd say yelling them at people, it, the studies psychologically say that doesn't work. But do you know what does work? Is telling a joke, connecting with people. And I think comedy is a, such a beautiful way to connect us. And maybe we can all learn something. If yeah. rather than we meet someone who's different than us, starting with um, an accusation or uh, an instigation, yeah. start with a joke, see what happens. And I think you're going to find that you have a lot more friends, a lot more in common with people you thought was, were different. And you might get your mind changed and you might just change someone else's mind if you start with a joke. So this has been so much fun, Bob. This has been fantastic. You're obviously a man of great jokes and deep thought. And this will lead us into our blesses and curses. 
which hey. is we will bless something on the subject that we love, obviously, and we suggest you go and look about the topic, and we are going to curse something, which is <laughs> probably not nice, but we're going to do it anyway, uh, so that you should stay right. away from. So you guys, but you guys have uh, stuff on the list because you you told me that you were going to do this, and so I went back to listen to one of your podcasts to see how it goes and what you you know things you. But I picked the Thor Uh-oh. episode and I fell asleep. So, somebody did our research. Their research. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Don't listen so, to us. But no, I no, I picked Thor's episode and I fell asleep, so I didn't get to get to that part. <laughs> so. So I'm, I'm Guys, anxious. This is where the beef started. Yeah. <laughs> and continues. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, you, so you guys, how do you run it? You, you go first so I can change my answers. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll save the best for last. Yeah. Yeah. We'll let exactly. you finish us up. I'll, I'll jump in and go first. I'm okay. going to um, quickly, I'm going to bless Calvin and Hobbes. That was one of my very first mm. like connections with comedy. And it was, comedy not just for the sake of you know um you know getting a laugh as a kid which i obviously loved but calvin hobbs was in a simple way for a kid it was the first time i saw that comedy started to open my mind to ideas and i started thinking about the in punchline and what they were and what bill watterson was trying to get across in the joke and i but while i was laughing while i was loving calvin hobbs adventures i was suddenly found myself thinking more deeply about things and i think that's a beautiful thing and i think watterson did that so amazingly and I think that's what one of the reasons he's such a legend and Calvin Hobbes still to this day is so influential on people because you read it, you're laughing, you, I mean, tears in my eyes as a, you know, a 13 year old kid or nine year old kid. And, but I was still at the end of the comic, I was going, I had a thought that I was taking with me and I was thinking about a new thing because of the comedy, because of the way it was delivered on a joke. It actually let me think about it more and more. So Calvin Hobbes and not to mention is just beautiful. I mean, yeah. the illustrations, the cleverness, the characters, I still go back in my 30s now and I'm reading these things and they hold up. They're so good. So I'm going to bless that. I'm also going to bless- Wait, can I, can I jump in Yeah, jump quick? in, yeah. You can totally cut this, but you just reminded me of a great story. So I grew up, you know, way out in the country in this small little town. And uh, on my birthday, you know, we, we were not wealthy, but my parents would let me go into a store and pick one item and somebody had donated to Goodwill a a light set where you could set paper on it and it would illuminate it. And so I picked that. And then my grandfather loved Calvin and Hobbes. And so he gave me a Calvin Hobbes book. So my freshman year in high school, I like put the page on there and then trace the cartoon because I liked this girl. And so every morning I would put a new uh, but it wasn't Calvin and Hobbes. It was it was Bob and I forget what it, what I called the the tiger. <laughs> I change it because she was this country girl. She had never heard of Calvin and Hobbes. She didn't know. Oh so she was thinking every morning I was writing a new just comic, just genius, <laughs> and and drawing. I I can't draw a worm, you know. Like and yet all of a sudden I've got this you know detailed tiger and me going off this you know toboggan in this snowstorm and all this stuff and i did that for about six months where i was like putting a new comic strip every <laughs> single day and then the things fast forward, boys do to attract girls man I and it you. worked it worked <laughs> <laughs> we're married it was <laughs> yeah, I, we are not to each other but oh, we okay. still got married <laughs> it still has a good ending you and know? um but she she contacted me like right when Facebook came out and she was like, by the way, and then she just sent a Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
but she had got it was like a 15 year running joke oh that, my gosh that finally, it's amazing yeah that's so no, sorry that just that just no, that's fantastic it, plagiarism is fine if it's it works well. Yeah, yes, if, you, if you do it well. No, yeah. I started a comic because I loved it so much called Francis and Jack. And I just basically is a boy, little boy and a tiger, but they had different names. So apparently all <laughs> yeah. of us little boys. I, after I also Hobbes, did a comic called Stuff and Nonsense, which was basically an amalgamation of Peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes. We all had so. the bright idea. And I don't <laughs> know if it got us any girls, but you know what? It's, something was there. But uh, so, no, I love Calvin Hobbes. I'm also going to bless um, Bo Burnham's What? I just thought I, I love you, you've actually heard me crit, critique some of Bo Burnham stuff, but I think he's really, really smart. And I think he uses comedy in a way that is incredibly funny and entertaining. And it makes you think and it makes and it draws people into the, that common human experience I've been talking about. And I just think it's so creative. But what was the first time when I really just uh, I, I first time I encountered him outside of his, you know, his vines and things like that. And I saw, wow, this is a really unique, unique, interesting way to use comedy. And I don't agree with a lot of this thing, a lot of the things this guy says, but he, but through his comedy, I started thinking about new things. I started because he had me laughing at things. And so I just think it's so creative. Um, I think what was just absolutely genius, especially for how young he is, it made me angry because we were the same age and he was doing something so, uh, so smart. And so it made me angry, but I'm going to bless it. Well done, Bo, on your special what. I have thoughts on your other ones. You've heard those thoughts, but <laughs> I really, really liked what. Um, I'm going to curse. This is an easy one, and I feel like it's not too controversial, though I'm sure we can get some hate mail. I'm going to curse the last five years of SNL. Um, listen, <laughs> I, there's been some funny stuff. There's been some good skits. But all in all, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the X factor is. I'm sure someone out there does. I, I don't know how to say it better than it's not funny. I will watch it when my wife, when my wife is gone. Um, Cause she, she likes it even less than me than the last five years. And I just, I'm waiting to laugh. I want to laugh and it's not funny to me. I guess my, my best guess would be that they feel that they have to import some sort of lesson or message or sermon. And that's been my big critique of a lot of Christian art is that they feel this necessity to teach you something or, or to, um, to, to, you know, give you a lesson. And that kind of just takes all the fun out of it. And when you have that as the goal, rather than laughter and joy, I think ultimately you just feel people don't love, people don't go into a joke wanting to be taught something. They go into a joke wanting to laugh. And so I think they start with the wrong motive, which is you yeah. don't start with, we're going to teach these people thing. I guess we can throw a joke on top. I think you start with, we're going to make these people laugh and have funny and, and do something funny. And maybe they'll learn something in the, in the process. And I think, ah, man, it's just, it's been it's been a rough five years. I miss Kristen Wiig. I miss Jason Sudeikis. I miss Bill Hader. Those are the ones I grew up on. And those were the magic days. But that's just me. Bob, what do you think about SNL? Well, I was going to tell Joseph, you actually mentioned this and I was going to jump into it. But then we started talking about something else. But the job of a comedian is to point out the absurdity in something that is that is yes. only our that is our job. That is it. Now, if you open people's minds and they learn stuff from it, that's great. If you get discussions going, that's great. But your job is to point out a certain mm. absurdity in something. And hopefully you're giving laughs to people. That's the job title. And when people set out and a lot of my friends and I, we go back and forth with bits and stuff and where they're like, I want to say this. And I'm like, well, mm. don't start it with, I'm going to say this, start it with, what's funny about this topic or what's, you know, mm. point out the absurdity. And then if you want to get into 
like trying to say something meaningful or something, but don't, don't write from that standpoint, that jumping don't off. Don't start part. with that. Yeah. Don't start with that. That's like, propaganda, right? That's what, yes. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. And I think that's why SNL hasn't, hasn't made me laugh in a while. And the thing is, but that's the, the thing that gets in there is for some reason, people stop believing that pointing out absurdities actually is meaningful. Yeah, yes. They, yes. They think it's only meaningful if it's social activism. It's only meaningful if it's spreading the gospel or whatever. These other things, again, which again, our whole show is about. It's like thinking about things in a fun way is actually meaningful. And that's, yes. again, I love what you do, Bob Smiley, is that you actually think it's meaningful to point out things that are absurd because they are. And it helps us to see it that way. And that mm-hmm. might make you think deeper about things. Why is yeah. this absurd? And yeah. And it has that connective human thing again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Joseph, bless his curses. Cool. Yes. So I am going to bless two things. I'm going to bless, um, first of all, I'm going to bless um, uh, um, uh, Taylor Tomlinson's new special. I had the title and now I've forgotten it. Um, I think, what was it? <laughs> oh, whatever it you is. You must have really loved it, Joseph. I really, yeah, no, I loved it so much. I forgot the title. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, it. yeah, what was it? hold on. It's right here. Um, look at you. Look at you. That's it. No. And it's, again, it did what we're talking about here because again, she has an interesting upbringing. She like, you know, was from a, like a, a, a conservative Christian like household and she's, you know, had, and so like we had similar kind of upbringings, but like she has a, a sort of more negative kind of, you know, a, uh, kind of view of it right now. But she's one of the few people that I've seen who's been able to like really like criticize things that like my, you know, my tribe, my the things I believe and things that, you know, people like myself, but in a way that actually makes me act, like, I think it's the funniest thing ever. And it's like, it actually makes me think about things from a different perspective. And part of it is that she's also self-deprecating. She's not holier than thou. Like I'm a morally superior person to everyone else. She makes fun of herself as much as she makes fun of people that she might uh, disagree with. And she does that in a sort of magic way. So I would say anybody who wants to like, how do I actually express the things that I have that to disagree with people in a way that's actually inviting? She's someone who does that with me. And, and so I think that's, it's, it's just one of the funniest things ever. I was waiting like, like that lesbian couple, I was waiting, listening to it. Like, when am I going to get offended and turn this off? It's like, I never did. And I was really, um, really blown away by it. So I definitely recommend that uh, to anyone who wants to see what you that know, we, like. we didn't talk about this, but I mean, we, we won't much here, but the art of self-deprecation yeah. admitting that you have flaws too is yeah. such a beautiful and useful art when communicating with people, especially. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I first started doing stand-up, nobody knew who I was. And I was only performing in churches where people were like waiting to be offended because they didn't know who I was. They didn't mm. know if I was going to come in and try to push the envelope or do it. And so I, for about three years, my first five minutes of my show was making fun of myself so that, (laughs) so that people would be like, oh, okay, well, if he makes fun of himself, then all bets are off. He can make fun of anything because he's not taking himself too seriously. He doesn't think he's better than us. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't mean to interrupt Joseph. Go ahead and talk about more other comedians that are, have amazing specials better than mine. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So next I'm going to talk about Bo Burdum, Taylor (laughs) Tomlinson. Let's next. I'm going to talk about Thor Ramsey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As a podcast, we'd like to collectively bless Thor Ramsey. (laughs) Yeah. Just as a person in comic. I will Um, actually, so something, saying something for the Christian sort of in the crowd, I will say, I do recommend actually Thor Ramsey's book, The You Know Comedian's Guide to Theology. If you want to actually see a, a sort of a a stripped down way of being like, 
how do you talk about theology and be funny at the same time without making fun of Jesus? Like, I don't, that's a really good place I to don't, go. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you talking about Thor's book. Where? How do I leave this? Is there a leave <laughs> button? <laughs> well, I'll throw in a quick bless. Dry comedy, Bob Smiley. Guys, yes. you gotta see it. I think better than Thor's book, any special he's ever done. Like Bob's, Bob's addition to that, like honestly, it makes Thor look just silly and dumb. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> so we're gonna have a, a, a we're gonna have a, a, a an episode that's Bob versus Thor, and, and Nathan and I will be will be cheerleading on either side. Yeah, um, it'll be great. Um, but um, then for my for my curse, I'm actually going to do a really safe thing. That's something that probably none of you are ever going to see, because <laughs> it's a a small play that's in uh, New York City. Um, but it's it's called POTUS and it's oh, basically boy. they tried to do I you know they tried to do West Wing meets Veep but also have it be like really crass I don't and, know if those things should ever meet to be honest no, yes. <laughs> but basically the thing is it was a political comedy about you know all the the women behind the 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 presidents making sure he looks good and their frustrations with that which I thought could be really funny and at first it started out, it was kind of funny because it's, again, it's the frustrations of, of a boss. And it, in this case, mm, the boss yeah. happened to be president of the United States. And, you know, there were gender stuff in there, which again, I thought very fair game, but it eventually became a thing about, it stopped being funny because they wanted to keep making the point about here's why you should agree with our politics. And again, I didn't care about the politics. What I cared about was they stopped having it be funny because they thought it was more important than uh, it was more important to beat people over the head with why they should vote the way that they want them to. And that to me was a real tragedy. And I, I see that as endemic of so much of the comedy that I see, you know, uh, now is that people are giving up the comedy aspect and therefore they're losing their audience. They're losing their influence because they think that the, what they've actually done um, in comedy is not actually important. The thing is, you're going to end up turning people off to what yes. you're saying rather than inviting them into it because you stopped making them laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you. Uh, oh, so no, no, no. We haven't got, we haven't got Bob. All right. Bob. That's all the time we have for <laughs> yes, now. Exactly. So, yes. uh, <laughs> um, Bob, so what are your blesses and curses? Okay. So I'm going to throw in because I thought it had to all be super current. Um, but the I'm going to bless, I'm going to bless the far side because yes. Calvin and Hobbes. Ooh, yes. Calvin and Hobbes and Farside were my go-to things. I was I was the funny kid growing up in this small little town, and I just felt like I was popular because I was funny. You know, that's another thing comedy does, is it? But I just felt different because my mind worked different. And when I got a Farside book of that, and here's a cool thing: my grandmother, she lived in Dallas, and uh, at the at that time, the newspaper. I'll pause my kids look up what a newspaper is, but <laughs> they used to have this thing and the far side was always in color. And yep. so she, this is one of the greatest gifts I ever got for a little over a year. She cut out every far side that appeared in a paper. Oh my gosh. And when I graduated from high school, she gave me this box of far side. Wow. Deals. So when I got to college, the first like day that I was moving into the dorm, I taped up every single far side uh, oh on my, my wall. And then I just left my door open and all these guys were walking by my dorm. And then it became 
a thing like where a rumor wow. mill where people are like, hey, have you gone to see the far side wall? And so I got to meet everybody in the dorm and I had instant friends because of Farside, because people oh, come so in cool and like read the wall. So I'm going to bless Farside because it has been, you know, there for me throughout. Amen. I, I concur like, with that. Bless. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to bless uh, a movie I just saw on, on the plane uh, with Mark Wahlberg uh, called Father Stew. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. OK, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't hear any press about it. And it is about a dude. He is a flawed dude who mm -hmm. grew up in some really bad, you know, like childhood trauma and stuff. And he kept an open mind throughout it all mm -hmm. of like looking at what is and it kind of goes with what we're talking about. What is real? What is true? And he he was very loyal in whatever whatever he poured himself into. And it's a, it's a true story. It's based on this true story yeah. of this, this actual dude. And I watched it on the plane and I was like, and I was on the plane. So I was already angry. So I shouldn't have enjoyed <laughs> a movie, but I watched that and I was like this, man, that sums up yeah. life. Like if you keep seeking out the truth, you're going to find it. You were talking about like, you know, some people are worried about, you know, if I open my mind and I look at other things, it might change my thoughts and it might, that's good. Nobody's ever like ended up bad because they got more educated on something. Yeah. And I feel like he just kept looking for the truth and his purpose in life. And what did God, you know, call him to do? And, you know, and he again, started a really bad start to life and had a lot of flaws and a lot of, you know, and it just, I'm going to bless that. I thought that was a really great movie. Well, I've got to say, what's so funny is that both Nathan and I have blessed that movie before. Oh, you have? Okay. That oh, it's so, so good. We concur it's a so thousand percent. funny, too. Yeah, okay. it's very, Mark yeah, is then, funny. Then Mark and Mark. That. The, yeah. the buddy, the, buddy the, the, the banter between Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson as his father is like That's so good. funniest yeah. stuff. Yes. Now, yes. This, was, this gave me hope for Christian movies because yeah. they can be funny and they can be raw. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Okay, so I'm going to bless uh, the newest, the Batman movie, uh, because oh, one, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a Batman fan. Two, Same. every there was so much flack about him being Batman, you know, like, oh, is he going to sparkle yep. whenever he's out in sure, the yeah, sun? And, uh, yeah. yeah, and he, I think, portrayed Bruce Wayne in, in more of a true state because he did have a lot of childhood trauma, and yeah. he you see the effects of that later in life where he's yeah. dealing with rage and vengeance and anger and stuff like that. And he knew he was going to get like hated on at the beginning. And he showed up every day and made, I think one of the best Batman movies, you know, and as if anybody's watching, I'm, you can tell I'm a fan. I've got Batman everywhere, but um, so I'm going <laughs> to bless that. I'm going to bless. Uh, yeah. Far side, father stew, uh, Batman. I'm going to curse the bachelor and the bachelorette. Um, <laughs> yes. that's not controversial here because no, agreements okay good because it is false sense of reality okay yep. yeah. yeah my wife's like oh how come you don't love me i'm like first of all you know thankfully you're not picking from 23 men clamoring over you and second of all i'm not gonna sure if i flew you on a private helicopter to you know buenos aires yeah we're gonna fall in love you'd have to fall in yes yeah. it's just biology yeah, but you know, let's have our third year anniversary going into Goodwill and then stopping by Sam's and getting a you know free samples. That can be love too. That's but you like don't see that right on TV. There. So <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna curse the bachelor, and finally I'm gonna um, just curse people that uh, promote other 
comics comedy specials on their podcast <laughs> when I'm on their podcast. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I feel I feel like you should have thicker skin being a <laughs> <laughs> spread the love around. You're you're speaking lot. of which, this has been so much fun. This is the time I want people to know what you're up to, where they can see if you have any upcoming dates in their cities. And tell us a little more about your project with Focus on the Family and where can people find this and everything you're doing. So just give us the, give us the spiel. Okay, yes. so- Famous uh, plugs out the wazoo. Yeah, so all my shows are at bobsmiley.com, which is Joseph's homepage. Um, so if, <laughs> right? Huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone's homepage. It better yeah. be now. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So all my show dates, I'm on all social medias. I'm always posting comedy clips or, you know, funny videos I make. Uh, so I like I'm your on... smiley minute. Those are my yeah. favorites. Oh, thank you. So that's really getting legs. Like I'm love it. Cause that was always something I just did. If I had a little bit of time, you know, I have ADHD. I can only pay attention for something for like 30 seconds. That's what I need. Yeah. Somebody said I get more news from the smiley minute and yep. <laughs> the way it's different from the media is there's a lot of truth in it. So it was a good <laughs> And you so, laugh. You actually you have laugh. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I do that. So yeah, that uh, that's posted on all. So I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Instagram. If your listeners are sinners, I'm on TikTok. So you can. <laughs> yeah. Join the sinners. We're fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. So any any social media and uh, my website, bobsmiley.com will take you to all those places and have my show dates on there. The focus on the family thing. I my first this is going to tell it how everybody this is going to tell everybody how old I am, but um, my first CD came out and they got my CD. And this was back when newspapers would show up at your door and uh, they, they liked my CD and they asked me to write for one article for clubhouse magazine, uh, which is a magazine for middle school kids. And they asked me to write a story about uh, going back to school. And so I was writing this true story about me getting a horrible haircut going, you know, the day before going back to school. But I thought of a cell phone joke that would be really good in the article. But (laughs) I didn't have a cell phone when I was a kid, obviously. So I just created this character, just called him Average Boy. And Mm. we did the one article. And then kids started writing in saying, hey, can Average Boy write more articles? And so then it became a monthly column in Clubhouse Magazine. And it still is. I'm got to write one tomorrow. And it it appears every single month. Then they asked me to write uh, two comedy devotion books for middle school kids as average boy. So we put those two books out. They are, you know, funny stories, but it has some kind of conflict that a middle school kid would would deal with. And then at the end of each chapter, there's discussion questions. And it really just kind of opens up. It's so fun. It uses laughter to open up discussion. And then it has, you know, the questions that really make you think and stuff. So those two books came out, did really well. Then, and I'm going to get spiritual, but this is kind of a God thing. They contacted, Focus on the Family contacted me December 2019. This is before COVID ever. I mean, it had already been created, but you know, we, we didn't know. Another, yeah. Another, yeah. yeah, we didn't know. But uh, before it had, you know, come out and they contacted me and they were like, we don't know if families will listen to a podcast, an average boy podcast, but we want to try it. So uh, we don't have a budget. We can't pay you, but would you be open to like writing the script and performing mm-hmm. as average boy? Because uh, my voice is high. The first time we recorded, <laughs> The first time we recorded an average boy podcast, I got in there and I was going to make make my voice really hot, you know, like a middle school. <laughs> no, kid. no, it's good. 
And yeah, yeah. the producer was like, <laughs> the producer was like, uh, no, Bob, you can do your regular voice. And I was like, yeah, but he's supposed to be a junior high kid. And he was like, yeah, we're good. Just go ahead. You know? and so we, by the way, we, go Liz, any, any fans of adventures and Odyssey? Cause I grew up on focus of families, adventures and Odyssey. Yeah. Go listen to the podcast. It's so much fun. It lives in that fun, but thoughtful area for growing kids. I still love them. Go listen to that. In fact, I'm an actor. I've been on TV and literally t- to this day, uh, I've never been on Adventures in Odyssey. And my dream, I don't, I don't need to be an Oscar award winning movie, was just to be a voice on Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> and it, the Adventures of Average Boy lives in this inspiration. For all you millennials like me who grew up on this, get your kids on this. This is too much fun not to. And it's also going to make them think it's really, really well done. I love this. Wow, you read that just like I emailed it to you. That was, that was, <laughs> you are an actor. Like it was, but, so, so we, we put out 13 podcasts and we didn't know. You mentioned Adventures in Odyssey. Our little 20 minute podcast, we kept them short for families to listen to on the way to school or church or, you know, grocery store. Um, there were times where it beat the numbers in Adventures in Odyssey, which no is their way. big, Podcast. So then, and the only reason I mentioned this is because that all happened before COVID and then March hit and all my shows for the rest of the year, I had 73 shows cancel in a day and a half. Well, the podcast hit. And so they then focused contact me and they were like, this is a huge hit. Families are listening to it with Mm. their kids. And so then all of a sudden they had a budget, you know, and we could, and so we started putting it all out. And then that's where I got the third book offer, which was right in the middle of COVID when I needed not, I mean, I, I definitely took care of my family. I, it's going to sound like I'm bragging, but I became a four-starred reviewed Uber Eats driver during that time. <laughs> and he mows. Yes. Oh, yeah, call mo. back. Yeah. 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 Nice. Very well done. But I got the, I got the third book and instead of doing like a comedy devotion book, the third book, is just a, a a year long of average boys adventures of going to a new school awesome. and having to deal with bullies. And so it's, it's kind of like diary of the wimpy kid. It's just a comedy book, I love it. but we, like I do with all my stuff, we put a lot of encouraging things in there. Great. And uh, so that's what that is. And that's just called um, average boys above average year. And that's on Amazon. It's on yeah my website. You can get it pretty much anywhere. That's amazing. So seriously, guys, Go see Bob in concert, go stand up, whatever you call it, uh, and check out Adventures of Average Boy. It really is fun. This average boy would have loved this growing up, and he still does, even in his 30s. So (laughs) check it out. Um, If you want to get in touch with me, go to NathanClarkson.me or search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Joseph, how can they get in touch with you and the Overthinkers? They can get in touch with me on any of the socials as well. You can look up Joseph Holmes, sometimes normal guy, don't ask. Um, and then you've got, uh, then you got, of course, you can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where you can, uh, you know, go give us your love mail and your hate mail, uh, where, where we take those very much to heart. And, um, uh, and then, yes. And of course you can also go to the overthinkers Facebook page, uh, just a good Facebook and type the overthinkers. And of course you can see many, much of my writing work on culture and faith at religionunplugged.com. Well, anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. And thank you so much, Bob Smiley, for being here. And remember, everyone, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Overthinking.